0: Guys, today we have a, a very special show. Um, you know, about six months ago, uh, a man slid into my DMs and he said, Pete, I want to teach you how to play chess. I want to turn you into one of the premier chess players in all of DFS. And I said, Of course, Liam, let's do that. And we went on a journey together this summer, me failing miserably trying to learn chess. But one thing that came out of this, was Liam turning into a best ball rock star, one who would go on to win a million and one dollars. Today we celebrate with my chess coach, Liam Murphy. Bro, I'm telling you, hop in these drafts when these idiot streamers are trying to draft and talk to the chat at the same time. It's so plus EV, bro. Oh no, I think I... I accidentally just took Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs. What do we call that? A no-no. <laughs> no way. You don't have to set your lineup. That's incredible. him recently eclipsed 23%. And I'd much prefer to be in the more 21 to 22% range. There he is, yes. the best ball Mania 2 champ in the flash. Liam,
1: how are we doing, buddy? Uh, we're doing great. Thank you so much for having me on um excited to do this show and it it just seems faded man like you know we we were we were connected there we were both in the finals we both had big sweats and uh now we're here
0: yeah, and walk walk me through because I I was in Miami um over the weekend cuz I was down there with the Owners Club. And so I was kind of sweating uh down there. I wasn't at my typical battle station. So I was a little discombobulated. Where where were you uh sweating this heading into the finals?
1: So I was at a bachelor party with my boys uh down in the Keys and <laughs> you know, like it, it was a wild weekend, man. Like we're we're like bouncing around from bars to bars, you know, like i i'm 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 in different live finals i was in like first in the puppy at one point and then i got uh you know obviously the bbm2 was the one i really cared about and you know just just absolutely wild
0: yeah. And so where, I mean, cause you had, we had some overlapping uh, players on our lineup who, you know, obviously were uh, key to week 17 success. I, for me, when I started to get excited was when Rashad Penny scored that second touchdown, where, where was the moment where you started to to really get excited about your chances?
1: I mean, so obviously we were like drinking throughout the day too. Like it, it's just like a wild day. And I mean, Josh Allen scores the two rushing touchdowns. And other than that, like scores three fantasy points. So when chase, when chase starts going off, I knew I was live because there was only 10 chase teams. I had seen your guys's team um, on Twitter and I looked at a bunch of the other teams and you know, your, what your team was one of the better teams that that could beat me because I knew my team was super live with the low ownership and I knew your team was super live and like, you know, I didn't love seeing some of the players you guys had. I was like, I didn't love that you guys had Michelle. Cause that was such great leverage. You guys obviously had like the nut wide receivers um, compared to me. You had live quarterback. So like, when did I feel it was real? Like, you know, I knew I was good in the morning games, but once like Amon Ra and Penny start going off both for me, like I'm sitting in the first, and then um, at the end, at the end of the afternoon games, Noah Fant scores a garbage time touchdown to like really separate me from the field. Yeah, and like, and I knew he had like a good chance of having a good game. And that's when like you know like my my cousin even said he's like, oh now it's real. Like now was like I was in first by like whatever like five points here or something was still Aaron Jones and MBS to go and Claypool, but then Fant scores that. Garbage sign touchdown, it's like, oh, now I'm now I'm big real.
0: Yeah, for sure. The fant one was because that was a huge thing, was can anyone separate at tight end? Um, and you know, the, there were so many Mark Andrews teams, I'm sure like, uh, like Bimefor for, and I we were pretty excited not to have a Mark Andrews squad heading into that. And so we're here sweating. We had Pitts and Hunter Henry on our team. Of course, uh, Damian Harris was, uh, stealing some of those, uh, Hunter Henry touchdowns. But once you got that Fant TD to give you what, like a 10 or 11 point separation on teams like ours at tight end, that was just so, so massive.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was like it it was even it was like 16 points. I'm sitting at yeah. like 16 points, maybe even more because I don't know if like second place had Devonte Adams or not. I don't know if those points were added in yet. Um but like I knew like Devonte and Chubb would be the big guys to fade after that like and you know I like it was it was just surreal and like I I knew Gusecki like being close enough to Andrews. I felt great about yeah and, and cup not me I felt great about because that was the game obviously I was worried about because cups like 50% and in a smash spot and Andrews is just mega chalk which tight end is not where you want to really be mega chalky in a DFS contest but when it's free when it's free to just have Mark Andrews I don't don't know if like you, you know
0: right yeah and even just like looking and then I can pull up uh our uh our lineup here. I mean, your other huge differentiator was obviously Amon Ra. um, and having him go for 30 where, you know, we're sitting here and this obviously was an earlier screenshot, not the updated one. Uh, for some reason I didn't pull that, but we had, you know, Keenan, I guess we did get the Devonte Adams, um, decent game but just between the keen and seedy you know we just didn't have anyone kind of step up there and get us in that you know 20 point range that would have thrown us into contention when those guys all are in our lineup at 10 or 11 points it was just going to be so tough to catch you
1: yeah i knew that i i had close to the if not the best collection of running backs because not only were all of them like in good spots um like jeff wilson was only two owned and like uh, it wasn't really clear to me if elijah mitchell would just come back and smash and obviously he did but yeah i was like i felt good about him against houston even so i knew i knew i would need three of my running backs like i, I was running back in the flex all day was clearly what was happening for me um and then all, you just like the chase and Amon, like it, that whole game like i'm in a bar at this point watching red zone and or the, the different the games were on the different tvs it was like. It was just like back to back to back, like Penny, Amon Raw, Penny, Amon Ra. was like, holy shit. And not to mention, like, Penny could have had two or three more touchdowns. Like, Metcalf scores. I know. Like, that Metcalf really was tilting. Touchdowns. Yeah. You know, so like, Penny could have easily put up a 50 burger himself.
0: And that's I mean, that really is what I mean, when we talk about correlations in DFS in best ball, I mean, that is literally what you're hoping for two guys in the same game, speeding up the game with big plays and having the two most important players in a game, just basically going back and forth. And to get that with Rashad Penny and Amon Ra, what what round did you draft Amon Ra in, in this?
1: So like Amon Ra, I took one round after Penny. So my guess is it was deliberate by me. Um, because in this draft was in June, it, it was looks like it's what the 14th round, 13th round,
0: yeah, yeah, it looks like you took a Mon Raw 15th, Rashad 14th, yeah,
1: yeah, and so I actually stopped taking a Mon Ra later in the season because, and this is something that like you know, we could talk more about later, but I had just like you know, like my original selection of taking a Mon Raw was like, well. He was a high pick by Detroit. It's really not clear who the number one wide out is there. Maybe it's him. And so I, I was taking a lot of him early. But later, like, I, I think I read, like, an article by Hayden Winks, which I agreed with it at the time, which was, like, players like – um, and he literally gave the example of Hunter Renfro. Like, players like Hunter Renfro, Amaral, like, these slot guys, like – they probably are not going to bury you in half point PPR.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I, I thought about that. I was like, you know what? I kind of agree with that. And it turned out that it played out totally different in, you know, like, so that's something that like where these, like these slot guys actually ended up crushing, you know, literally Hunter Renfro ended up being a smash pick on half point PPR versus someone like, you know, like the Deshaun Jackson or whatnot, like, right. That, that, that was so unique this year.
0: Yeah. And I think that's also a good lesson too. And I know, uh, you know, it's Leone was joking about his team that made the FFPC best ball finals where he misclicked big Ben as a third quarterback. And that actually helped him advance one of the weeks. And I think that example of these guys we perceive as low upside, you mentioned the slot wide receivers, like, um, even just sprinkling those in, in a way can just help give you the floor to advance from a specific week. When you're more boom, bust plays your MBS down here late, your Diami Browns, when those guys don't hit, it's nice to be able to bank 10 points from someone.
1: Yeah. And I mean, and also they were just like smashing and touchdowns. Like, yeah, uh, I mean, so I talked about this a little bit with Eric too, but you know, the, the perception of most people is like DraftKings is easier. Underdog is harder just because the pool is sharper. But what I thought was, and that's like, yeah, that's an easy thing to say. And I kind of with it, but I also think there was a lot more group think going on on underdog, which allowed you to, if you were just like different in different areas, it allowed you to actually kind of have a big edge. Uh, just because if a lot of people are thinking the same thing, just like, you know, like that's natural going to give you leverage.
0: Yeah. What would you say? Uh, I, I, it's funny reading your mentions because uh, you tagged me in a tweet that replied like you're getting just all the most bait. Well, how many lineups did you have in this contest? Uh, the, is that the most uh, common question you've
1: gotten since winning? Um, actually, no. I mean, a lot. I think me releasing the draft, well, like the most common question is like people saw I started running back, running back and they're like, are you only a running back, running back guy? Did you ever do zero running back? <laughs> it's, it's just like, It's the obsession with the first and second round, which I mean, if we're being honest about how the season plays out, like whether you start running back, running back, or wide receiver, running back, or wide receiver, wide receiver, literally only comes down to what happens week fifteen through seventeen. Like if Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill both go like fifty, like fifty point games for three weeks straight, well, clearly zero running back is the best start. And it's just so you you know, variant a super high variance thing where maybe one helps you qualify more teams, like maybe running back, running back or help. Well, you that's qualify- Herzig's
0: that's Hertzig's, uh thesis for sure. With the hyper fragile is that he, and I think the data backs it up. Like you're going to advance more teams. If you start, you know, three running backs, the problem is, most people can't take their feet off the gas once they take three running backs and they can't help themselves in, in more rounds, whereas it's optimal to just be done with it if you're loading up with that many early.
1: Well, and I take it further where just av- just trying to qualify the m- most amount of teams was something I tried to think about 0%. Because I believe I saw a stream between like you and Eric where one of you made the point like, you know, we're really trying to play for first tier and I really try to take that to heart where... Let's let's even say, let's say zero running back qualifies like fifty percent less than the time versus like you know that if eight percent is your expected math, let's say you only qualify four percent of the zero running back teams. Well, let's say the playoff teams that only represents like one percent of the field or something. You know it doesn't if you like because I qualified under average for my hundred set of one fifty. Me I too. Yeah. I qualified 19 out of 150 and i was weighted to zero running back is my guess but my teams were all super unique and that's what matters way more than flat like qualifying and you know that's that's how that was my belief you know like obviously i ran incredibly pure for it to like work out um but i i really like to me especially on full-point PPR, if I was just trying to qualify the max amount of teams, I would always just like wait on quarterback. Because yeah. like I think that's the easiest way to qualify teams. But I I don't think that's the best way to win your playoff matchups because if a Josh Allen, a Kyler, whatever, if they drop a 30-40 burger in around like – You're not going to be able to catch them. You need those guys. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's funny you say that because I, I guarantee, I think our portfolios just in the aggregate or whatever had to have been so similar. Because I think I advanced 18 out of 150 and tilted towards zero RB and then had with BIME for the one very live team that was a super unique team. And it it does feel validating because we could also run this, you know, tournament 10 times, 100 times, and we don't get that one team through that's incredibly live. But isn't that the fucking thesis of the play that when you do get it through, you have, we're not because people were basically playing a cash game roster where they were all duped across like four or five of their best plays. And it's like, who's going to be your differentiator when we came in with a lot of plays that gave us a chance to really separate from the field.
1: Well, and it's funny, like, even though I believe my, my set of one hundred and fifty was weighted towards zero running back. I think I only made one zero running back team to the playoffs of my 19. Oh really? Yeah. Like, so I like, I totally busted most of my late round running back guys for regular season purposes. Cause yeah. I had a lot of like penny, whatever, but they didn't help me get to the playoffs. You know? Yeah. Um, h- how many did you make the semi How many of your teams made the semifinals? Four. Four. Four? So yeah. I had, I had six semifinals teams. Okay. And that was because, you know, like being way over the field on a player, I, I'm a firm believer that that is fine if you know what you're doing. So like, obviously I had 60% Gabriel Davis. He scored two touchdowns in week 15 and that was huge. That yeah. for my for my teams because I qualified six teams for the semifinals which that you know, now I'm like super live. Um and if obviously if Gabriel Davis busts, okay, I don't qualify 10 teams for the semifinals, but who cares like this is a this is a top heavy contest embrace the variance and do high variance things so like things ways i've thought about that and i don't want to talk like pure strategy the whole time on the show but like maybe maybe you just choose one it's totally fine if you just say you know what i'm gonna do running back running back this year or i'm gonna do zero running back whatever for every team i do because it's a high variance strategy but if it works it works or and like i think it's different loading up on 10th round Gabriel Davis versus a first round pick, a second round pick.
0: I agree. I agree with that take. I also think though, the thing that was unique about zero RB this year is, and I, we've talked about it on ship chasing a little bit. We just didn't have those high floor pass catching backs. You know, normally each we have the James white, the McKissick, the Naheem Hines where, you know, I like building out uh, a more textured zero running back core, where you have you know, a couple of those guys that can break out, say your Javante Williams that you took in the fifth or sixth round, and then you have your Rashad Pennies and your Jeff Wilsons late, but then you have some of that floor production that get you that seven to eight points to keep that floor high while you're trying to advance. And then you let the chaos of the season kick in and Rashad Penny's putting up 34 points. But this year, like a lot of those, James White, Gio Bernard, Naheem Hines, like McKissick, like those guys didn't get it done. And so I think zero RB struggled um, probably advancing more than it would have otherwise.
1: I thought this year to me, the big difference of this year is if this year was last year draft people like Josh Jacobs, DeAndre Swift, like these guys like that, they would have been first, second round picks. And so Josh Jacobs was two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. He was. And so, but like the, the field adjusting to letting these running back, like these guys who we used to take in the first, second round, all of a sudden are in the quote unquote dead zone, but they're still like good, like Chris Carson, even like, I had a lot of Chris Carson and Penny. Just be, And it was a simple lizard brain take as, like, they play Lions week 17. They like to run the ball. Like, Lions suck at the run. One of them's going to smash. It was like, yep. as, that was, like, as, as deep as the take was for me. But these guys were no longer first, second round picks. They were kind of cheap. And I think the ADPs next year are going to be wildly different even more than anything we've ever seen before. In, in what direction? So my... My guess is that just the players on good offenses are going to get major bumps. So, so like if Tom Brady returns, the Bucks guys or like you know those guys maybe will not be third, fourth round picks anymore. Like people are going to think more about what offenses are going to score the most points. Like yeah, and, and like yep. fire those guys.
0: And we saw that to a a little bit of an extent with like CeeDee Lamb, right? Like CeeDee Lamb was getting steamed so hard where his prospect profile was similar to some of those other second year wide receivers, but he was going, you know, late second at points just because people were like, oh, I'm getting a breakout second year wide receiver and on the Dallas Cowboys offense where people were ready to make super big bets on those offenses.
1: And I, and I also think it's going to be fascinating what happens when players like a Jamar Chase, like these guys who crushed this year and were cheap, like if if Chase all of a sudden is a first round pick, what's going to happen to someone like a Steph Diggs? Where's he going to settle in after having an okay but not great season and he's kind of getting old? Is he now? Is he still going to be up there? What's going to happen with the elite tight ends? It like what? Where are they going to go? Yeah, it you know, was like you could tell me Kelsey's a first round pick. You could tell me Kelsey's a third round pick right now, and I'd be like, oh yeah, okay, that kind of makes sense, but like, I, I have no idea how it's going to settle out. And I think things are going to wildly change as they always do.
0: Yeah. And I know we're all excited, uh, to, uh, for underdog to get their hands and release a lot of this data for construction stuff. I'm sure we're going to have uh, a lot of fun with that on the tight end front. It did seem like, uh, obviously Andrews was a huge part of a ton of teams who advanced, but it did seem like a lot of two mid tier tight ends were kind of, the dominant construction at least for in the finals this year.
1: Yeah, I mean I was a believer going in to the season that if you think about it logically, elite quarterback and elite tight end is more important on half point PPR than PPR. Yeah. The simple fact that they don't get more points. So it made no sense to me why players like Josh Allen were cheaper on underdog versus draftkings. It made and so I if you look at my exposures of my top 10 guys, like I'm heavily exposed to a lot of the top quarterbacks except Mahomes. I thought that was too expensive. And I thought um, I was highly exposed to all the top tight ends. And even though Andrews is not in my top 10, cause I kind of, I kind of like Hawkinson he's, he's over 8% still. Um, but then you had guys like Dawson Knox, Gronk and Dalton Schultz who crushed it too. So yeah. Um,
0: Yet, Uh, I was the same as you. I think I ended up being pretty balanced on Andrews and Hawk. They were always going like back to back on that five, six turn all year. So I would just kind of split there. Um, But you're right. I think we're going to have all off season uh, to talk strategy. The new metas, the data, how that conversation is going to shift. But uh, we do need to get into some of the fun stuff as uh, Willis asks here. I'm sure you have also gotten this question, but you need to let the people know. I mean, right now I I did see my 25K from the eighth place finish came through do you have a million dollars in your underdog account right now yes i do and it just can, it, can we get a screen can you give me a screen share i want to see what that looks like up there uh, um, i i need to see it oh hey i go over there. uh there's a little like a glare go for it oh wow it hey god we're gonna that. go we're gonna go big here Oh, now now you're in a three-bedroom I'm drafted, draft. <laughs> <and> <laughs> grinding. Um, there it is. It's a little blurry, but I I take your word for it. It's a million yeah, dollars. It's I a million agree. dollars. Um, um no big expenses planned. I yeah. mean
1: Like I mean I like there's one point where I had anxiety about this. You know, like I was like, holy shit! Like I've never been in this situation before. I I'm assuming many are like that. I mean, I, it was just like. It's not a secret that I want because clearly I'm on Twitter. I'm not like going to put out a Facebook status or like an Instagram post about it. Uh, But, you know, like, I don't know. I'm just trying to meet with the right people, get advice. Probably more going to go for like investments than, I mean, like I wear Crocs, Pete. I'm not like a, I don't have Gucci. All right. Let me see the Crocs now. Put your feet up. I I have no (laughs) desire for them. (laughs) I'm on the second floor. You're lucky these are up here. Uh, Oh (laughs) my God. Um, I so I don't really like have big expenses planned and I'm more of a experienced person over um, item type of guy so like I would much rather go on a vacation yeah. and do things with people than buy a car. Um, yeah. And so I don't know man I don't know about that but I mean I, some things I wanted to say was like it's so funny if you look back at the drafts we did um, or it just like the streams we did in the summer is, a we did like one of those chess streams like a couple days after I drafted the winning team, and B if you watch the one where we actually did like the the hand and brain one, I was like taking adamant stands against like league winners with like on that on that call I'm like oh no you can't you can't take Cub he's not gonna crush you you can't take Burrow he's not gonna crush you so like I was not afraid to take player stands and I'm a firm believer in that but. I was big wrong. I was way underweight about almost every league winner. I was underweight on Taylor, Cup, Debo on underdog, um, Fournette. And because I was still underweight these league winners in the regular season, that actually helped me make these unique teams. Obviously not intentional, but it just goes to show you like you, you can be wrong and still and still win.
0: Well, Um, and there's also a thing too, like you, we can, a lot of times we'll have these strong takes of like, I'm not on this guy, but if you're drafting 150 teams, that might mean that you have 10% instead of 25%, right? Like, you know, that's the thing. There were guys I hated that I had 10% of because I thought either they slipped way past ADP and to kind of just, um, get that mentality out of my head of like, yes, I have these player takes, but I'm not actually going to be able to outplay or take the field in the ADP. So like I can lean to a side, but I'm just not good enough to go like zero percent on a guy.
1: So I I would do that. Like I fully faded Visca. I fully faded. Well, Jerry I mean, Judy. There's, there's there's exceptions to every rule. No, there's there's good and bad. I'm gonna <laughs> so I fully faded Visca. I fully faded Jerry Judy. I had six percent Taylor versus eight percent some underweight there. I full like I nearly fully faded Fournette, other than like an auto pick here or there. So that was yeah. that was clearly like wrong. To, oh to yeah. Fully, fully fade Fournette, but. It, it can work out and the other thing i wanted to ask you is just you you know me i like to ask questions to the to you as well how are you doing this is your first season not with the job how, how are you finding the grind of the full season and everything
0: uh well the chat is they want me to kick you off for your Visca slander i mean we've been through so many stages of grieving with Visca around here so at this point it's just like
1: keep them coming um you were well, we, on him too. I know you were not into him. I That's was,
0: true. I got, I got bullied by Davis and Pat for not having more Visca. Yeah, uh, I remember pa- that. <laughs> um, all right. Turning the tables on me, which uh, I mean, everyone already hears me talk all the time. They're more interested in hearing you talk, but um, no, it's been good. Uh, it's been a very fun year. And uh, it's kind of nice to have things slowing down a little bit. I have some, like, you know, more projects and stuff I want to dive into that when the chips are flying with the season. It's just, like, trying to keep your head above water. And I will say just, you know, this best ball, you know, finish. I think there was a you know, you see the sentiment of people as the season ends and there was lots of chaos and COVID and stuff and people upset, you know, about not winning. And, you know, it was a year where like in regular season long leagues, you either had JT, Debo and cup or you lost kind of thing. And so I think there was a lot of just general morale was kind of like low as we headed towards the end of the season. So to get the wind in our sails, of these, you know, this best ball finish. And like, now i am just like invigorated, right? Like, and I could say, I know Bime four feels the same way. Like we're all ready to just blast off into hot best ball summer again. So it, it feels really good to be able to finish the season on a high note and to just kind of validate, right? Like you spent a shit ton of time on this buying four spent a shit ton of time, me and the ship chasing guys. Like we all devoted an unhealthy amount of time. So to get some kind of validation of that work, knowing that the way we build teams, like it might take us five years to get that validation, if if not more. So to get that, I think is, is very nice.
1: I mean, so, you, but you were in the finals last year too, right?
0: Of the, um, the puppy, a smaller one, not, not okay. BBM. Yeah. Uh, but back to back years with a uh, top 10 finishes with zero RB, uh, teams, much to so you uh, the haters. as soon
1: as the season's over, Pete says we're doing 80 hours of chess. <laughs> oh, my God.
0: No. I, I think I told someone, I forget what I was on, that those chess streams were some of my most stressful streams I've ever done. Like, I felt my chest beating, beads of sweat coming down. Like, nothing made me more nerve-wracked than trying to make not-dumb chess moves in front of everybody. Well,
1: you have to be a big man to learn in front of others because I I will tell you, It's it's easy to teach children things because they don't have the ego, but there would be a lot of adults who like it's not a question if I'm better than chess than you are as like to to some of these adults. Right. Like these people like I could be with my eyes closed, literally, but they could not accept criticism. And and like so not only the fact that you can accept, you know, help in criticism, but you're literally learning in front of others like not everyone can do that. That takes you like, you know, you got to be big to do that. Well,
0: I appreciate that. I did have a stretch where I was, I literally had a calendar invite to remember, to remind myself to do these uh, chess puzzles and I I need to get back on the horse. We got to fire up uh, some more chess streams. I am curious on that though, too. Like, and do you feel like, how do you think about, you know, chess as it relates to problem solving in, you know, in game theory with stuff like best ball or other, you know, fantasy sports stuff. Do you think there's a direct corollary with that kind of thinking?
1: Yeah, I got, you know, I talked about this with Eric too. And I I saw you uh, someone sent me the the link between you and Spags talking about it. Um, Obviously, chess is a strategy game. And I really do believe in the benefits for not only children, but adults with chess. I mean, like an obvious benefit of it is I have the ability to play speed chess, you know, like pretty well. So like seeing tactics instantly, I'm a big, I'm only fast draft pretty much me because like the slow drafts is like a chore um to like to do like the fast drafts i am never i always know what i'm going to do like instantly i'm like okay like i have the guys queued up or i'm just like i'm gonna take that guy i'm not someone who sits the full 30 seconds on the clock and makes you wait it gets to my pick and i select them and i you know and in in one of those streams we did i told you i did like five puppies at a time and you're like no you didn't like you did not do that well and did I do it? Like, obviously I'm not able to like (laughs) fully look at everyone, but I can put together teams that make sense with a high volume. Would I do that for BBM? No. Um, But you know, like obviously like I love strategy games and I've been playing them all my life. And just like best ball is a huge strategy game. And I like, there's a lot of talk out there about like, what's the best format, these lottery systems versus overall points. Like, I like the lottery system because I feel it adds a lot more strategy, actually. And Like some people are like, well, the you know, it doesn't reward the best team, but when you, you just have to understand the contest you're playing and, you know, make your team so that they can win this lottery based system.
0: Right. And I, I never understood that where it's like, we're all playing the same contest with the same rules. And now we must optimize to win that contest. Like if your style of play lends itself to, I don't know, a higher floor, style like then play in individual 12-man leagues and you know yeah. win those when you can't be like i want to win a billion dollars at this massive contest and then also want to be able to play like my specific style it's like coaches who try to fit their players into their system instead of building a system around their players strengths
1: yeah i mean like so, so, so someone told me like i was talking on twitter someone they're like well i'm just trying to bank an roi each year so i don't have you know like you know so i have my you know, so I don't no risk of ruin, and I'm like, well, a that's you're playing don't the wrong contest, contest. End, <laughs> yeah. and B, the it's getting harder. Like two years ago, I had a massive, um, I had a massive, you know, advance rate. This year, I did not. Like I, I just think people are getting better. Yeah, definitely.
0: Actually, this is a very fun. So Leland in the chat asks, uh, what chess piece? Is, is Aaron Jones, the queen. How about this? How about I pull up your roster here and you uh, <laughs> you compare uh, a few of these winning uh, pieces to actual pieces on the chessboard for you? Okay,
1: well, obviously, Josh Allen is both the king and the queen. Oh, um, wow. This is Homer,
0: Homer Leo yeah. <laughs> coming through here.
1: Um, well, I mean, so the queen's the most powerful piece, but the king's the most important piece. And if I don't get those quarterback points, I don't get first. So we'll give Josh Allen the king. The queen's the most powerful piece. So that's got to be chased. He just scored the most points. Um, But it's really hard to like take this, this, you know,
0: actually reframe it, reframe it though, over the course of the entire season, because wouldn't you say like Jonathan Taylor was the queen for you? Most of the season.
1: He's the reason I qualified. I'm assuming with this team, um, yeah, I guess so. But, like, you know, we're we're going to run out of content real quick with this, with this, like, simple. Oh, no, buddy, trust chess. me. I,
0: I could do, I could go 30 well, there, hours. Of this there's stuff. only a
1: couple pieces, and then there's pawns. So, like, is everyone else going to be a pawn?
0: I um, mean, Dievi Brown is a Peter Rovers at pawn, one that gets sacrificed so quickly into the game, it, it boggles the mind.
1: Well, but you know the thing about a pawn is, A, they're the souls of chess. Philidor said that. And, B, what happens to a pawn when it reaches the end of the board? They become whatever you want them to be, they could become a queen. So maybe Daiami next year is going to reach the end of the board. See, remember when you were worried that we couldn't c- continue this analogy, and <laughs> then
0: I immediately got us to a, a better spot with it? Well, that's
1: because we're quick-witted, Pete. But you know, um,
0: yeah, <laughs> I don't know why you do
1: that with each piece.
0: It is, yeah. And I mean, the thing too, like you said, not only Rashad Penny in a Mon Um, In week 17, obviously, but they just really started to come on at the end of the season. I mean, Amon Ra down the stretch was just absolutely insane. And, you know, we were talking about like the texture of running back picks. Like you're taking cracks on guys like Diami Brown. We joked about it. He didn't work out, but it could have been just the other way around. Like Ryan Fitzpatrick could have played a full season and Diami Brown could have broke out at the end of the season and Amon Ra could have been dust. Like there are, there are worlds where that happens, but the type of profile in the breakout potential you're you're making there it's a similar bet
1: yeah and I, one thing I have to say real quick is I see my my cousins in this chat Bert before so I gotta shout out the boys because I forgot to do this yesterday and I got in trouble so shout out to Bert shout out to the Kittredge twins uh love you guys and, this is and your this course, is your cousin this is my cousin he yes, yeah, he's a he's a legend um, that's awesome yeah um so got shout him out but no, I mean, and, like, Amon Raw, like, if TJ Hawkinson and uh, DeAndre Swift are, like, are healthy, he probably doesn't get... Like, he had, like, five weeks straight of, like, 12 to 10 targets. And he's doing it with, like, Tim Boyle. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, he's, he's, he's poking I, fun at someone for, for that. <laughs>
0: uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Also, Jack asking thoughts on unstacked teams. Sir, Josh Allen and Cole Beasley. I mean... Well, and- but go ahead because i so I, the, I would push is back on this the biggest thing screen. i got
1: and i and i don't i don't like so i had a ton of game state correlation stack. i yeah. t- 10 of my 18 players were stacked if you think about it um yep. Josh Allen to Beasley that's the easy one people understand and well you
0: had a bring back with Damian Harris or sorry no, uh you didn't have no, a falcon no, did no you no falcon no falcon, i did, yeah. i did do
1: that somewhat but i i thought the bills d would be very good so yeah um the Josh Allen to Cole Beasley, and Josh Allen's the exact type of quarterback who can score rushing touchdowns, and, like, a lot of people, I remember some people made the point, like, oh, you can't take Allen if you don't have Diggs. I never agreed with that because, A, Josh spreads the ball, like, Buffalo spreads the ball more than most offenses, and this is when they were playing four wide receivers, but, B, he scores rushing touchdowns, so, of course, you don't. Um, And then my other correlation is, obviously, Amari Cooper and Christian Kirk. That's game correlation. That was the game
0: that we all circled way back. We all love love. Um,
1: Amon Ra and Penny. Um, And then Boyd and Chase, that's positive correlation. And and, um, so is Aaron Jones to MBS. That's positive correlation. Um, And
0: and I think that, you know, and we've, we've now had this conversation a lot in DFS, too, where it's like, Obviously, the mini correlation with Penny and Amon raw, like that's the nuts with the two, you know, alpha performers are just ping-ponging back and forth. But also, if one team boat races another team, like how many times have we seen this year Bills or buck stacks win DFS tournaments not brought back? Because they're the one who brought the total way over and all the points were concentrated on their team. So the same correlation applies. It's just a macro correlation that's negatively correlated on a play-to-play basis, but in the the macro of the game is the kind of correlation you're looking for.
1: Yeah. And I mean, so this is my second year of like attacking best ball pretty in depth and like the growth of best ball is insane. Like I, I stumbled upon best ball on DraftKings, Kings, you know, <laughs> like last year I didn't, I, I, I didn't know. I knew you as the man's and then I found you like late winter, I believe like as Peter Overson. I was like, Holy shit. Is that Pete Manzanelli? Like I, I, I never knew like, like the, the, in the beginning, I didn't know about the, the bit and everything. I was like, I wasn't quite sure. And, um, but what I was going to say is last year, I, I look at the playoff matchups and I like pretty, and like, I care about that. And so like last year, I can get an example. I faded Dalvin cook cook quite a bit in, uh, 2020, because I didn't like that. He played like the bears. Um, and like a couple other like strong run defenses or teams I thought would have strong run defenses. And that actually ended up being true. He did not have a great playoffs, but he had, he was like a season winner in the regular season. And then, but I was looking more at like weeks 15, 14, 15, 16. And then I was like heavy on Derrick Henry that year because they played like the Jags and other shit in like lions. But this year I really only looked at week 17 and I was just like, you know what? This is the only week that matters and just hope you get a team there. And then you have the correlation if you do.
0: Yeah, I, I was with you. I I was focusing. Yeah. On like individual correlations for week 17, but then I did like looking at schedules. I, part of what gave me the confidence to be on so much Jonathan Taylor too, was the Colts had an awesome playoff schedule. With, you know, three dome games, they played the Cardinals um, in week 16. They just had a lot going for them too. So I do agree with you. It's like there's only so much you can control for, how oh many sold variables. But to me, it always just seemed like the best possible tiebreaker, right? Like if you're really flipping coins between these guys, well, why not try to nail the correlation? It's the same with DFS. You're not going to sacrifice, pick one guy over another because of correlation when they project for five different points. You're not going to reach six rounds but if you're deciding between two guys and what happens to play your other stack or players in week 17 that seems like a no-brainer
1: yeah yeah just like of course a no-brainer um yeah. and and i would like i was trying to i was i saw someone ask, like was i thinking about these things when i drafted yes i was uh but of course sometimes i just got lucky and it would be correlation i would like look after the fact and be like oh great i got week 17 correlation and like I knew the week 17 games, like in May, like you could ask me like, who's playing who, as soon as that schedule was out, I knew those teams. Of course.
0: And again, you can talk about how that stuff can go wrong too, right? Like, um, you could have ended up with a Jamar Chase and Travis Kelsey team looking at that KC Cincy and then, you know, that stuff doesn't necessarily advance or you know that doesn't hit you know Tyreek Hill if you had him on that he did nothing um with some of those correlations so it's it's just putting yourself into a position to be right I feel like the analogy is the T.Y. Hilton touchdown from Sunday where he's just
1: like waiting that touchdown I was like if if that cost me a million (laughs) dollars
0: that is what would you say about that too because the best ball sweat is really hard I guess it was a little more confined with 160 teams how many like roster watching were you doing, like trying to figure out who before kind of you separated and had that cushion, like I found it to be a difficult sweat. And so I was just like, I'm going to root for my guys and just not
1: care about anything else. That's kind of what I did. I mean, so I'm a huge Bills fan and I watched the Bills game and I was like, um, I didn't even really like check scores until like, you know, maybe after the first quarter and then again i didn't check until like the second quarter and i i don't know if you know i was winning puppy one at the at the um at the end of the at the, at the end of the morning games
0: i think i saw some kind of screenshot of that and i probably just rolled my eyes and i was and like, my, my can't team win was, both of these
1: yeah my team was four quarterbacks and C- christian mccaffrey was on that team um, do you remember the was the four qb a misclick no i did it on purpose and you're you're I, I didn't sick. do it a ton on underdog, but I did it somewhat on DraftKings Cause I was like, okay, if you, know, like if you're going to take four, like literally the quarterbacks were like 15, 16, 17, 18. Like I would just like queue up every quarterback that started and like leave the the draft. Um, and they were all like, it was like Zach Wilson, big Ben, yeah. Derek Carr, you know, like, yeah, it, and Matt Ryan, like and literally none of them scored more than like 10 points or something. Um, so I, I you probably
0: that. always got 15
1: from one of them each week.
0: That was like, yeah, I was
1: like, okay, well, because my, my lesson from 2020 was I had a lot more cheap quarterback teams and it was, it was like, I had Derek Carr and I had like Matt Stafford and both were like injured and like, they, they just got crushed by like the Josh Allen Kyler teams. And I was like, okay, if I'm going to do that again, like I'm going to have a lot of them. I don't think four quarterbacks that great in 18 rounds. I think in 20, it's actually totally fine. um, If you want to do it.
0: Yeah. Um, Let's do one more strategy question and then we can, we can, uh, I want to rip off a playoff draft with you. Leland asked here, what do you think of early tight end for next year versus mid to late, given how much Andrew's advanced? And I want to hear Liam's thoughts. I would just say, I'd be a little careful about reading into the Andrews stuff specifically so much of how that played out. Like he wasn't a league winner uh, until Lamar went down and Huntley, you know, unlocked him. And so to me, there's a lot of survivorship bias in the Mark Andrews analysis, but curious on
1: what you think about tight end on the whole. Yeah. I mean, this is things I need to like, think more about to like give a, a, a strong answer. I can answer this question, but like a lot of these, like, as pete said i'd be really careful of taking any sweeping takeaways from even anything i'm saying or did or any results you're seeing because i mean as we know the result football is not that random of a sport so if you won you were going to win always and you know no i'm I'm joking about that it's it's super random but i'm just curious what 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 round are these tight ends going to go like if if you're telling me if kelsey is a i was kind of low on Kelsey this year. I still, I had like 10% of him just because I didn't want him to crush me, but I was worried that he was old and I did, I couldn't really find a lot of data on what happens to aging tight ends. And you know, like, yeah, if Lamar's playing, Andrews probably doesn't have the, like those huge weeks. And so I'm just curious what, what price are these like the elite guys going to be versus like a fan Kosicki Dawson Knox type guy. Um, and I'm, if they're like, if you're telling me Kelsey's in the first, I'm probably not going to have a ton of him. If Mark Andrews is in like the first or second, I'm not going to have a ton of him. If they're in like the third, no, maybe I will. But I just think it's so hard to even think about, I think the sites are going to set their rankings and that's going to begin average draft position to begin. And then someone's going to make content about something and everything's going to change so wildly next year.
0: Yeah. And I mean, the thing, like we were just talking about it, how it pertained to the finals about how in week 17, we were trying to find, was there going to be a tight end that separated? And you mentioned the elite quarterbacks, like there are weeks where Josh Allen or Kyler at the beginning of the season would drop 40. And you, that is a massive separation gap from all the other quarterbacks who are scoring 25 that week. At tight end, that's the whole conversation, right? Do we have elite tight ends that can actually separate? And we've had it at moments in the past or moments a specific week for Kittle where we've seen it and Mark Andrews strung together three weeks. But it's this hard thing where the draft capital on a, say, a fifth, sixth round Mark Andrews, that's not going to burn you if he's just, you know, middling and then has the upside late. But if you're paying a first round, Cost for that—that that is going to sink you. Like I don't think if Mark Andrews was a first-round pick this year, even if he went off when he did, I don't know how many teams would have had him.
1: Well, you even saw it the year before because Mark Andrews was in the third and he had terrible advance rates. Yeah, They didn't have that much difference of a season. And for tight end on on half one PPR, it's really all about did you fall in the end zone or not? You know, because we we saw that with Fant and he's tight end one. Yeah.
0: It's interesting too. Yeah. Thinking. Yeah. Through the, through the Andrew stuff, I actually just forgot what I was going to say. I lost my thought, but, uh, yeah, tight end tight end will be, uh, will definitely be interesting this year. And I'll be curious to see how many of these guys, I'm guessing we're going to see an overall correction and maybe a correction too much. Oh, I remembered what I was going to say. Um, you know, there are scenarios, too, where on on and I's team, we had Kyle Pitts. And I still think the thesis of that pick made sense, where there are realities where he has the Jamar chase S game or the 35-point Mark Andrews game down the playoff stretch. Obviously, the run out for the quarterback play, the offense and stuff was awful. But, like, you can see why taking stabs on players like that, Noah Fant, who is on your team, like, he's considered one of the most talented athletic tight ends in the league. If things break right for him, he does have that potential. So that idea of at least making bets on tight ends who can do that, I think still holds true.
1: I had a ton of pits because I was just like, this guy could, and that's why I was underweight on players like cup. This was, I was just like, you know what? He could do it. And I mean, yeah, like this isn't really a secret. I'm sure it's something not everyone knows about, but like being an elite athlete is super important to be, A good tight end in the NFL, yeah. And so find those guys, and and like Fant is elite, Kasicki's elite. Like these are why I was on these type of guys.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree. And that, and again, that's why that's why best ball is so fun because there's all these we're talking about individual players on their teams, which one, which guy from the backfield do you take? We're talking about macro constructions. We're talking about playoff correlations. Now we're talking about prospect profiles and historical trends for what kind of players break out like that. It's a multi-layered, uh, puzzle. And I think that's what makes it so fun. And speaking of multi-layered puzzles, how many of these, uh, playoff best ball drafts have you done? You've been burning through that balance.
1: So I did about, I'm only doing gauntlets. Um, and I've done, I did like maybe 20 and maybe I've done like a couple more since, since then. Um, so I've been doing quite a bit of gauntlets. Um, I've done none of the mittens. I've done none of the big mitten and you know, like the buy in the payout ratio is, is important to me. So yeah, I don't think I wouldn't like, maybe I'd do one or two mittens, big mittens. Yeah. Uh, but, and I kind of like, some people don't like the one out of six advance rate. I think it kind of is actually interesting um it's, it's totally it's totally different how about you
0: yeah i've been i've just, I've been splitting like when the mitten filled uh you know if i'm doing shows um you know maybe hop in a mitten um i i'm slowly gearing up i feel like I keep i'll do doing i'll more. do
1: either if you want to stream but mitten or gauntlet whatever
0: let's let's do. hop in a gauntlet right now i just clicked it for
1: us all right um, and and my approach for this is of course high variance i've I've pretty what I've personally been doing is pretty much just choosing Buffalo to win the Super Bowl. No, that doesn't you choosing Buffalo to do well? That doesn't sound like you, Leo. I mean, like, this sounds like it's a high variance contest. So it's fine to just choose one team and, like, you know, you, you can't diversify yourself. To no, I want,
0: I want the full Liam experience with this draft. You know, in the comfort of my own home, under the covers, I can fade the bills. But when I'm on stream with Liam, you better believe we're <laughs> super stacking the bills. And we actually got a good uh, draft slot to do that as well.
1: Yeah, we, we did. And I've been, that's the other thing is I, like, I have a ton of five, four, five, six spots and not like out of my set of 20, like almost none, one or two. So it, it, it kind of became easy. Here you go,
0: Deal or No Deal. What percentage of your million would you just light on fire if it meant the uh, the Bills could win the Super Bowl?
1: Well, of course, I'm just gonna place the million on the Bills winning the Super Bowl. So I don't, <laughs> I don't need that question at all. I just assume you're always leveraged long on Bills futures. The, and how I'm kind of doing it is with these gauntlet drafts. Like you know, because I, I I don't live in a I don't think Florida you can sports bet. Quite yet, like Seminole Hard Rock just rolled something out, and then they said you're not allowed to deposit money anymore. So I don't know what's going on there. I'll have to take a look. Um, let right. it ride, <laughs> let it ride. Yeah, 10 to 1
0: there you go um uh, also yeah, if you guys haven't gotten uh signed up on underdog fantasy, you can get uh a hundred dollar deposit match with promo code Pete that'll get you into uh four of these gauntlet drafts a million dollars in prizes these are gonna be absolutely ripping here over the next uh week and a half or so until the playoffs start five dollar uh buy-in ones twenty five dollar and uh the big mittens what two fifty
1: yeah. Make sure yeah. you do promo code Pete. Make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. You know, Liam this, knows how to do content. He gets this, it. this man just crushed a, a stream and he does like, he just does another, a, another one back to back. Like how often do you go back to back to back streams like this?
0: I, I have like three or four days a week where I do th- at least three streams.
1: So the question is, are people going, uh, so of course we're taking dicks here. Uh, yes, of course we are. And, imagine fading digs on a stream with Leonard. and i mean hawker should take kelsey mahomes
0: you would think you would think unless he just wants to watch the world burn jonathan taylor's adp doesn't
1: make sense to me um I in don't, which direction I, too expensive let's take josh mm. allen i think like the colts i mean a they're not even a lock to make the playoffs b i just think I mean, this year has changed things with, like, running teams actually having a chance, especially in bad weather. But, like, I just think they're so... I mean, you could need him to advance out of round one if he, like, has a big game, but... To,
0: to me, the argument... For, I, I think I actually tend to more agree with you, but I guess the counter would be um, there are so few bell cow running backs that have the potential to put up 30-plus. And so if you got two 30-plus games from jonathan taylor that's going to be pretty hard for other rosters to keep up with
1: yeah i i mean i agree with that and this was something eric was actually talking about in his discord which he like totally disagreed with that i don't think it's i don't think it's unrealistic that that could like he just crushes so much but his point was really just like well if the rest of your roster does good who cares and like yeah i agree and disagree with that um what are your favorite NFC teams? Who have you been targeting the most? I end up with a ton
0: of 49ers, I feel like. And then Cardinals would probably be my second.
1: Just because 49- those are they're easy are to back their stack. 49ers are interesting because they are higher seed than the Eagles, but the Eagles have clinched and the 49ers have not. And yeah. the 49ers play the Rams. So they could easily lose that game. Um, I got a lot of Cowboys myself. I think that's kind of like a chalky way to go though. Yeah. Uh, and it's a little harder just
0: cause those guys, the, you know, the pieces you really want tend to go a little earlier. Um, all right, we're on the clock here. What direction do you want to take this?
1: So I'll let you choose. I would personally either take Aaron Jones or Elliot.
0: Um, yes, I'm with you. I'm kind of surprised Aaron Jones. I mean, this seems he, a little he drops.
1: He drops here in the gauntlet. He's very, okay. like, he even sometimes comes around.
0: Yeah, so I like uh, grabbing Aaron Jones here. I also think on this team, Singletary also would make a ton of sense.
1: He does. So me personally, like you know me, I like to draft early. And like if I get Singletary was literally going. In oh, yeah. The, the like pick 58, like not even drafted early on. So I don't have a ton of him yet. But um,
0: we can also a- wait. And see, you know, if, because we're kind of cornering the market on early bills. If someone would let him slip uh, another I want to see round. what Hawk
1: does here before I say who I would take. Yeah, looks like now, he's doing looks like he's doing bucks, which like that makes sense. It's him.
0: too bad Chase went because then we could just essentially draft your BBM two yeah. on the team. <laughs> yeah, where's <the> Monro?
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, put him put him in the player
1: pool underdog. Yeah. Um uh, yeah, okay, what do you so want to do? I would take Elliott here because we need the running back points, round one. And now we're setting up Green Bay and Dallas. And like Green Bay's secondary pieces are crazy cheap. And I, I don't even think like, you know, the MBS, the Lazards, like even like whoever the hell their tight end is. Josiah or something like that.
0: Yeah. And I would say now in this construction, Singletary obviously can be a luxury pick if he falls. Um, but now he's not a necessity because we're gonna play for either Bills versus Packers or Cowboys Super Bowl, and we'd we'd get the running back points already.
1: Yeah, I would definitely take Singletary if we can get him, but I would not take him the next time we pick, probably. Yeah. I would prioritize the other the other guys. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. What other AFC teams have you been liking once you get past your Bills love?
1: So, I had some Chargers teams early on, just, like, one or two, just in case, like, just so I have a sweat. Um, But, and I have, like, maybe, I don't even think I have one Mahomes team. So, I I think I've really just, like, I've, like, Josh Allen's probably on, like, 95% of my teams, the way it's just worked out because early, early on in the gauntlet, you could get Josh Allen where we took jumps. Right. Uh, And, and Leonard Fournette was a first round pick and Tom Brady was (laughs) a first round pick.
0: I should have known Zurich with this team uh, was going to take Singletary. This has to be one of the weirdest teams
1: uh, I've seen. A lot of people, like I think playoffs is fascinating because you look at them and like some people are just drafting dead teams to my take or, or dead to dead to win it all.
0: It definitely, yeah. I mean, this team could certainly advance. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's no like what's your Super Bowl stack with this team? Like, what Super Bowl are you playing for through five rounds? Yeah, the, having
1: the three NFC guys is just egregious. Like, clear, like three different, like Devontae, Tom, and Stafford. Uh, I'm not, I'm never doing that. And if that's what it takes to win, okay, congrats. GG,
0: GG, yeah. we'll pack it up. Um, all right, so this will this is going to be an interesting spot for us go as with
1: the, far as. What's the flex position? Yeah. Um I mean, damn, is this no, no one who goes great with us? Who, who are you leaning— I, so I could either I could either try double tap Rams here and even add a third NFC team? Yeah. Like Michelle and Because Otel. we could basically
0: go 4-2-2
1: with Bills as our four. Do you, want to, do you want to do Michelle over Odell, or do you, do you like Odell first? Because let's
0: it. let's let's do Odell first, just based on ADP. What and I think he's going to go with a Buck.
1: He just but he just he needs a running back, I, I, so I guess he should take Clyde. But and the Chiefs, Cl- the Chiefs no longer getting the first round by is fascinating too. Yeah, that's like you know. So I it was easier to fade them when they weren't. I was just like, well, screw it, but
0: i do i do kind of like uh oh he goes to that works how um, are you how are you viewing the rams running back room so i mean this acre stuff is real interesting it's all real my DraftKings
1: teams on best ball had had acres left so i was like oh my god am i gonna get like get a, him back yeah
0: yeah, yeah um I'm I'm always generally like a more a big believer, and I think like just momentum and betting against injury return. So I'm still Team Sony, but um, I'm Team
1: Sony too. You could get him late, but I'm for taking him right now, and then we'll just take like whatever, like the Dalton Schultzes, the MBS's, and whoever the hell we want on Buffalo.
0: Yeah, I, I mean I think we're pretty set up here for a four Buffalo to Green Bay two Dallas
1: to Los Angeles. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah. Can you can you show me the yeah? How many, can you scroll down? I forget how many rounds this is.
0: We have 10, so we ten. have four more picks. Okay, so we need so. two more Bills, one more Dallas, one more Green Bay.
1: Cool. And, like, the Green Bay guy I might wait on. So who who's incentivized to take Buffalo players right now? Really, it should be no one, like maybe the Singletary guy? Yeah, the Singletary guy is a complete wild card. Well, um, yeah. yeah, and, like, it. If you have an auto drafter enter, like which it's potential, like he's just like this Zero guy has been auto drafting, that totally throws everything for a loop too. Okay, so he's definitely not. He's targeting he he drafted Knox oh. there.
0: Uh Liam won't even mention this guy's name because he's too terrified that someone might snipe him. Who? Who? <laughs> I know, I have no idea. It could be anyone.
1: Well that that's the other it, it's hard to guess how it's gonna play out with the Buffalo wideouts in the playoffs. Because yeah. the coaching staff has shown like a real like if Sanders is fully healthy would it would it shock me if they put Davis back on the bench no do i think they should absolutely not but right i'm i'm
0: with you i i would just hope that the coaching staff has just seen enough for what Gabe Davis brings to the office
1: compared to Sanders but you're right their stubbornness they've, stubborn in- such, they've yeah. tried to so- sign Emmanuel Sanders since 2015 like every year <laughs> they've tried to sign him so <laughs> Um, what's what's our players looking so like? So
0: Schultz is definitely in play. Um,
1: Schultz would be my pick.
0: Yeah, I think that makes a ton of sense.
1: I'm because like he flat out might be the number one pass catcher. You know, if if not the maybe maybe the number two at worst. Right. He's just like crushing. The other, I mean. The other
0: thing we could consider is if we did end up wanting to play Aaron Jones as a one-off and go with three Rams and grab Van Jefferson would be the only other kind of consideration. We could totally
1: do that because like Green Bay is a weird offense where they really just run the ball at a high clip and like it's not like MBS or Lazard would have dream matchups against Buffalo in the Super Bowl.
0: Here's the uh, risk though. If I think if we let Gabe Davis back to that other guy, he's probably gonna I take think we it. take Davis here. Yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna have Liam on the stream and take Van Jefferson over yeah, fucking yeah. Gabe Davis. And I've been
1: I've been sniped on him so many times. So we got we gotta take the brand guy, you know? Gotta make a stand <laughs> somewhere. I like this team a lot. These are this is mainly how I've been building my teams too.
0: Oh wow. Uh noted Patriots Homer in here coming to talk shit uh
1: about your <laughs> bills. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, as long as we're not playing in an absolute hurricane, I like our chances.
0: Did you see I, the other, the guy who won the FFPC uh, season long Go contest? Bill. Go Bills. It's like all these, Leone's crushing it this yeah, year. It's just yeah. like all you Bills
1: hovers are having all the year of your Buffalo, life. Baby. You know what else is funny is I emailed Underdog and I asked um, before the start of season, I was like, hey, wondering if I'm allowed to change my username um With the reason being, is I didn't let, like, I just thought people would, like, spite draft Bills players because they saw my name. And, like, Rudman was like, no, sorry, we're not allowed to do that. Like, you've done too many drafts. Like, I was like, okay, well, like, I'd accept Go Patriots even. Like, take Cam from me. Go for it. You know, yeah, like, please,
0: please let this man change his name to Go Patriots. I, you're a Patriots fan, right? no, come on who's your who's your hometown team i I, I grew know. up in Denver and then uh, okay. fantasy ruined me
1: <laughs> yeah, so, well, so i try I try really hard to not let that happen to the bills and with
0: yeah, which, uh, like-
1: I would say you failed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so uh, okay, look uh all right, so we we're good on we could go.
0: We, we need another Bills. Who's who, going to be our fourth we, Bills?
1: Who Who's left for Green Bay right now?
0: Be quick. Should I just get Sanders in the queue, or
1: or do we want to go like McKenzie or Zach Moss in the queue? Um, I'll put – so take either is fine with me. Here's what I'm going to say about McKenzie, and I think Buffalo's going to do, do you, what, Should we do Lazard? Do you want to get Lazard for Green Bay? I defer to you. I don't really care about Lazard.
0: Yeah, I'm just trying to see who else. I don't think
1: we have any other good Green Bay options. Okay, so let's let's say let's say this. I believe Buffalo does this when they face man defense. McKenzie will get more snaps than um, Beasley, and when they face zone, Beasley will get more. I think that's what they're going to do. Um, mm-hmm. I I don't know about Sanders. What's going on there? So I'm totally fine with taking Sanders. I, I've just like I have no strong read here. I've been differentiating them. So either. I want one I need man.
0: the I need the boots on the ground take. I mean Willis was asking for it. You, you're gonna pick Sanders or
1: McKenzie. I just told you my boots on the ground. So who does Dallas and Green Bay and the Rams? So they play man or zone more? Oh fuck if I know Liam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's take old man Sanders. Come on. All right. We did it. We did it. Yeah. And that's kind of we're protecting ourselves a bit with the Davis. If they kind of ping pong each other. Um, The,
0: the only other thing we could have done because I mentioned, I mean, we ended up, we could have also taken like Cedric Wilson over Lazard, probably if we wanted to go with just the one off Aaron Jones, which I know I had just brought up.
1: I would probably do that more than Lazard, just because like a, A A it helps you in the first round more and, um, be like there's a large percent of the playoffs where lazard doesn't score over like two points every game even if green bay makes the super bowl
0: yeah i agree i'd probably want that one back i should have just gotten our receiver first to buy us some more time um but i would still say this is a very liam team here
1: yeah and it's it's, i like this team you know like we got three heavy hitters in the nfc we got the strength to carry green bay through the first round um And we are the bills who are winning the super bowl. That's right.
0: That is right. Um, well, every time I do one of these, I get more and more addicted to want to do more of these, but, uh, Liam, it was great, uh, bring you back in. You know, we, uh, DFS, you know, took over here in the season. We haven't been able to do our chess stream. So to get the, uh, the band back together here was awesome.
1: Yeah, dude. Thank you so much for having me on. Honestly, surreal. Um, you know, like, it was like 5 months ago when i reached out to you just like, like hey man i think it'd be great for like the off season like help you get some content together and you know now we're full circle
0: I know, dude. I, uh, I'm so stoked for you. Uh, it's like, it's so fun. You know, there's 160 teams in that final, you know, I probably know, I don't know, 10 to 15 recognize, you know, names in there. And so to have you of all the, all the teams be up there on the leaderboard, I am very grateful. It was, it was you and not some Anon, you know, I I, I had to be able to bring my chess coach
1: on to talk about his million dollar win. And it's just better for the sport of for whoever wins <laughs> it, to to get out there and, you know, like talk about it and, and be friendly you know yeah
0: for sure uh yeah underdogs in good hands they had herzik uh shipped the inaugural we got chess Liam taking it, it down it, and I you know, know that her f-
1: and I live in the same city right
0: St Petersburg right yeah there you go there you go best yeah. ball capital of
1: the world yeah that's what I'm saying they need to change their slogan
0: that's right I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to move you know Boston is uh the best ball top 10 finish of the world and it just
1: doesn't have the Quite the same ring to it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, guys, hit that like and subscribe button. Pete and I will be doing plenty of shows over the summer, and uh, what, it, it, is there anywhere else that you that people can keep an
0: eye out for you uh, in the meantime? Just,
1: for now, just follow me on Twitter. Any questions you have, guys, let me know. I'm in Pete's Discord, of course. You can ask me there as well. Um, and I don't know. I I don't know. I need to form a plan. You know, this whole week's been a whirlwind and I'm sure it will be for some time. So I'm debating getting more into the content side because it's enjoyable, you know, and I get to interact with cool people like you. Well, uh,
0: I appreciate that. I have a feeling that we are going to have a very fun uh, summer of best ball ahead of us here in 2022. Shout out underdog uh, for being the best best ball platform. We love you over at underdog. I will see you guys tomorrow at noon where best. ball. Where Best Ball Pete turns into cash game grinder. Pete, I will be odd with Derek Cardi for chess Liam, aka Liam Murphy, aka your million dollar and one champ. We'll see you guys next time.